Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, my gorgeous friend. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm, I am on wonderful form. I have had such a brilliant, uplifting, amazing weekend full of like, like DJing. I DJed for the first time oh my God, in about I saw. a year. Oh I God. loved all the photos as well. You li- literally look in your element, like genuinely just look like so happy and free. And yeah, really, really nice to see. <sighs> Hands down, it's the happiest I ever feel, aside from obviously, you know, being pa- being a parent and all that jazz, but actually working, being behind the decks. It was called Discolicious. It was all for charity. Me, Denise Van Elsen, Hask was DJing as well, Lara Podolska. And I basically wore an outfit from Karen Min and the Mac Millen that looked like a glitter ball. So I was like, couldn't have been more <laughs> I placed. Loved it. it was Absolutely. pro. and it was just yeah it just went off amazing venue yeah so I feel I feel very full and I've just done a lovely little radio show me and Dozer graduated from therapy last week oh my it's such a good do you know what normally we come on these Monday ones don't we we're like oh god so tired blah 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 you know and actually we're both like full of Mm. life today like we're really buzzed for the week and it's good is it summer is that what it is i don't know No more moaning myrtles no more moaning myrtles and you know what actually you've spoken speaking about um graduating from therapy and we do talk about like mental health a lot Mm. on here don't we and like prioritizing mental health um and today i've actually given a day axel a day off school now tell us about um, this, George, because I'm interested about mainly this. Mainly because do you know what? It's it's like you know, whenever we come on these Monday ones and we're shattered, like we're like, oh my god, I'm just absolutely shattered, and we just keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm. Well, this weekend, Axel had a football presentation on Friday, straight after school, and didn't get home till like ten o'clock. So he's playing football for like four hours that night. Wow. Then Saturday we were at a family party and like he was playing, you know, playing football in the garden, you know, like just having a, a way of a time. Not a late, particularly late night, but a bit of a late night. And then yesterday he was at a football tournament for 10 hours mm, and he must wow. have played 10, 12 games of football. It's a lot. And so we got home, he got into bed, woke up this morning and he was like, mum, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Mm. I, I I can't go to school, and I was like, "Oh God, I don't know." Because you know, we all have those Mondays, don't we? Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Well, I didn't actually. Th- I, I phoned my mum first to check. Yeah, yeah. Phoned my mum. Was like, "Mum, do you think I can give him the day off?" She was like, "Definitely." She was like, mm. "You, you're bad at this. Like, you're really bad at prior, you know, prioritizing a bit of rest." And she's like, "If he doesn't go in today, he can recoup and he'll love the rest of the week. He'll be able to yeah. do everything else for the rest of the week. If he goes in today, he's going to have a like come home shattered again, and then tomorrow mm. he'll be shattered. Wednesday, and it's just going to be like he just needs." 
needs a reset. And I think we don't do it. So I'm trying. I'm not going to show my kids that you can just bail out of stuff. Obviously That's not, not what he's doing. That's not no, what he's doing. No, I just, he literally looked at me like broken. And I thought. And when has yeah. he ever said that to you before? No, never. Exactly. Ever, never. ever, ever. He's never no. said, mum, I'm exhausted. So, yeah, so that's what he's doing. He's having a little duvet day. Well, um, I think you've got yeah. that absolutely bang on there, George. And actually, mm. I think it's really impressive that you've, instead of going, no, right, come on, get on with it, put your school uniform on, like, off mm. you go. And then he probably thinks, oh, God, like, if mummy won't even hear what I'm saying, then exactly. who will listen to me? So I think it's the, it's the right decision. I actually did that thing last night where I was actually in bed, mm. but was so exhausted that I was already thinking about tonight's sleep. <laughs> I was like, I know I'm actually in bed and I haven't actually gone to sleep yet, but I was already getting excited about Monday night's sleep. I was like, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Every night's sleep this week is going to be amazing because I was that tired. <laughs> <laughs> How do you ever do that? Where you're like, it's going to be so great. Yeah, no, I do, re- I do properly look forward to getting into bed sometimes, like genuinely. And then sometimes I lay there and I think, don't go to sleep yet. Just appreciate that you're laying in bed. Just appreciate oh, laying in bed. It's it the is best. lovely. It so really if you're listening is. to us laying in bed right now, we're with you yeah. in spirit, 100%. And if you're exhausted, give yourself a day off. Exactly. Give a day off. Why not? Be more Axel. Be yeah. more Axel. Axel. Yeah. Oh, now we need to get into today's chat because it was actually on the longer side, but that is only because we were having the most beautiful, hilarious, wonderful conversation with today's guest. And um, I, 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 like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't think oh. that I would be that entertained by her, but she's hysterical. Yeah, me too. It was funny. We, you know, we talked about some quite serious stuff. We talked about relationships with mums. We talked about, oh gosh, all sorts of stuff. Just yeah. like, oh, one of those chats that just, oh, I don't know, just, yeah, it just made me feel like, oh, this is brilliant. I just can't yeah. wait for everyone to hear it. And also today's guest was a contestant on The Bake Off. So for <gasps> me, was. as like a massive fan of watching the show, not being able to cook any of it, I, um, I was like, we were like desperate to ask all the questions, weren't we, around Paul Hollywood and various other people. So we got fun. lots of goss. We yeah. got lots of insight into her life. We got yeah. lots of insight into like, and do you know what as well? Really like inspirational because, you know, maybe lots of people listening to this may have, you know, stopped work or, you know, put their career on hold to become mm-hmm. a mum. Mm-hmm. And she's literally like just followed her passion. And now she's yep. doing that as a job. It's, it's amazing. Oh, it's incredible. Let's get into it. Let's stop talking. And let's hear from <laughs> let's our guest. Stop. Who are we chatting to today? In case you haven't guessed, we are chatting to... Bryony Mae Williams. Dogs, sick children, chaotic mornings. I think this is going to be a podcast that we're going to enjoy. Please welcome to today's <laughs> podcast, Bryony Mae Williams. Yay! Yay! Hello. I love that you've had a chaotic morning. I think we interviewed someone a couple of weeks ago and I was like, so how's your morning been? And they were like, oh, it's been lovely. It's been really chilled. And I thought, Oh gosh, mm. what are we going to have in common then? Um, oh, so <laughs> no, it's all it's all kicking off here. I've got Nora; she's on my bed watching her tablet. So yeah, so that's my morning. Dog's going mad. Daughter's not very well. Um, my mum very rudely is babysitting my niece, so she can't come over and help. So uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those days, guys. Complete chaos. How dare she? How are you? <laughs> yeah, we're good actually. Me and Georgia had a really nice day together tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, yesterday. <laughs> Fuck. Sure Who am okay? I? What day is it? I don't know if I am. I can She's smell not toast. okay. She's not okay. <laughs> so we're 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 in quite a zen place, I think, aren't we, George? After having a little day together yesterday, it was quite nice, wasn't nice. it? Yeah, we yeah. had like a full adult day, which was wonderful. Yeah, like how really wonderful. nice. What yeah. did you do? We 
shot some content, caught up on some business stuff. That but then we had an alcoholic on. drink together. We did, had a little Aperol and a cocktail on the roof, um, which was really nice. Um, oh, but not so glam today. I've been to the gym and I'll probably be... Still haven't taking, had a shower. Yeah, haven't had a shower. I'll be taking all my laundry to get washed because I realise <laughs> I haven't done any of it. No, listen, can um, I just tell you this, Bryony? Georgia is the bougiest bitch around, right? She does not do... She takes her laundry to get it done. Wow. No, 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 no. so fancy. It's not. I go to a laundrette. It's not fancy. It just happens to have a coffee shop at the front of it. So I get to drop my washing off, sit and work and have a coffee and then collect it after. Still bougie, still fancy. It's basically, I had a head of laundry, a.k.a. my husband. Did he quit? And he basically went and got another job and oh, so quit. So, so now, rude. So now what to do? But anyway, yeah, that's that's my day today. So Bryony, not, not fun. Let's move along from washing yeah. and let's talk about you. Please, 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 can we talk about Bake Off? I know it of was 2018, but genuinely one of both of our favourite shows on the telly. In short, can you just sum up how you, you know, came to be in that tent? Well, I mean, do you know what? I've been a fan for many, many years. And, you know, at the end of each series, it kind of comes up saying, do you think you could be on next year's Bake Off? And I was like, not really but I'll send off an application because I had so many friends go oh, you should apply you should apply but I only really made cakes so I was like oh I can't really do you know bread and stuff anyway so I sent off an application thought nothing of it and then I kept getting these phone calls from London and I thought it was PPI them calling up to oh yeah yeah <laughs> just didn't answer got loads of answer phone messages and um and I listened to them and it was like oh hi it's Frankie from Bake Off do you think you could give us a call back I was like oh my god oh my god so I called back and they were like yeah we we were just about to give up on you. I was like, oh gosh, can you oh imagine if I'd listened to those answer messages a few months when later? When it's too late, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so that, you know, I kept getting through all the audition phases and I thought, I just don't know what, you know, I just don't, I couldn't, just couldn't understand why I was getting through. And, you know, I was like, I'm never going to get on the show, but I'll apply again next year because I'm having a great time because the audition process was so much fun. And then, yeah, I what do you have to do? Hard. What do you have to do? Yeah. So you have to, so there's the, the really long uh, online form. And then there's a phone call where they like test your technical knowledge. So it's a bit like a, you know, like an exam. Wow. Yeah. What, like then, what, like what makes a cake? Yeah. What like goes what, into what's a the cake? difference between this and that? And what's, you know, how do you make a, you know, fatless sponge and things like that? And I was like, <laughs> um, so answered as best I could. Uh, managed to get through that bit and then there's like a, a regional audition where you take some bakes in then there's um uh, a national audition Jesus. where you get filmed doing a technical um which was and I was opposite this lady right and we had an hour and a half to make some meal foy and she finished in 45 minutes right and she was just cleaning up her station <laughs> Ugh. And they came over to talk to her, right? They came over to talk to her. They were like, wow, are you always this organised in the kitchen? And she turned right to the camera and said, well, my friends do call me Perfect Julie. <laughs> I was like, Fuck you, Julie. <laughs> and Perfect Julie didn't yeah. get through. <laughs> yeah, screw you, Julie. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Thinking, what the hell? Anyway, so and I was there literally like covered in flour, just completely chaotic, like finished in the last sort of 30 seconds. Um, and yeah, and then I got through and, you know, you have to go see, speak to a psychologist to check you can handle the pressure. 
and you know that you have to talk to the press people check you've got not not too many skeletons in the closet yeah oh god luckily I've led quite a boring life so that was all right and and then yeah and then that was it and I got through and they said we'll call you by five o'clock on Friday and they called it half past four on the Friday oh my god squeaky bum I haven't got Mm -hmm. it I was in in the car with my mum and when they called and we were literally both just screaming like could not believe this has happened and yeah and it was it was an absolute dream like I had the best time because every moment I was like I'm in the fucking tent like yeah. this is huge like it's not something to be sort of taken lightly or you know taken for granted so I just I just had the best time even though it's the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life um like I would take childbirth over over that the stress in that <laughs> over tent, poor Hollywood in the tent how did you get into baking was it something you always liked doing or was it a new thing it was a new it was newish so I've always liked baking like my nan was a home economist like my mum would bake with us when we were kids but I was off work in 2013 so pre-bake off I was a teacher I taught French and Spanish absolutely loved it and um yeah, I was off work. I was really poorly. I, they they kept they sort of kept misdiagnosing me. They kept saying, "Oh, you've got chronic fatigue. You've got this, that, and the other." And I was like, "I know there's something else going on." Anyway, it ended up being polycystic ovarian syndrome, wow. and I basically saw three male GPs. They can they misdiagnosed me. Saw one female GP. She did one blood test. She found out what it was, and I was fine within a month. Um, but yeah, I had nine months off work. So the the nurse at my school was like, "Why don't you try baking just to kind of see, like, keep your brain busy?" Because I'm not very yeah. good at doing nothing. So yeah, so I started baking. I started crocheting as well, but I stuck with the baking, which I'm glad about now. You could have been on Britain's best crochet. Britain's so oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I just kind of my first cakes were absolutely awful like god awful like and I started making sort of flapjacks and biscuits and stuff and just went from there really and then you know my nieces and nephews would ask for like an auntie b cake for their birthdays and and I just really loved it and it was it was very much therapy for me during quite a rubbish time so it's always had that kind of calming you know effect on me which you know was very much not there in the bake-off tent but (laughs) you know still enjoyed it it was great what's Paul Hollywood like in the flesh because um obviously what we see on the on telly he is very he's like the sort of slightly in my eyes bit more of a sort of bougie Simon Cowell-esque character Mm. um is can you have like a laugh a minute with him when the cameras stop rolling no no so he very much keeps yeah so he definitely not (laughs) I mean it's not that he's not funny like him and Noel are messing around all the time like he's a really he's a very funny guy Paul Hollywood um but because he has to keep this kind of you know scary judge persona Otherwise, I think it would, a lot of this, the magic of the show is that he's terrifying and that everyone's scared mm. of him. So I think the magic of the show would be lost if when they turned off the cameras, he was like Mr. Nice Guy. Um, yeah. I think you'd lose Uncle that genuine... Paul. Uncle Paul, yeah, exactly. Um, you'd lose that kind of genuine sort of intimidation that you feel when he walks over. So, yeah, I mean, not, you know, not horrible or anything off camera. He just didn't really sort of, you know, chat with us because he kept his distance. So whereas Prue would like come and sit on the sit on the grass with us and have a chat and have a laugh. Um, Same as Sandy and Noel. But yeah, Paul kind of kept a bit of an arm's length to keep that. You know, keep the fear factor going. Keep the fear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I get. I totally get it. You you were runner up. You came fourth. Like congratulations. Yeah. That's a massive, massive accolade. Thank you. Yeah, I was dead chuffed. Like I didn't think I'd get through the first week. So to get to the semi-finals, I mean, I, I could have. There was a few weeks earlier than that when I could have gone out. But yeah, I was absolutely thrilled. And then I got to go back and win the Christmas one the following year. So oh, that was, yes. you know, yes, yes. 
Yes. My God. And you must have had like a re- your daughter must have been really young when you. Yeah, she was into- two. Yeah. How like how was that? Because you'd you know I think when we become a parent, our sort of world flips on its head. So mm. to go from parenting to being on TV and doing that, how, like how was that shift? It was it was mad because I when I had Nora, so I went I went back to teaching after I was ill and then had Nora and then I, when she was about three months old I decided I would really love to be at home with her until she started school so I woke my husband up in the middle of the night and I went I don't want to go back to work <laughs> and he was like at three months yeah wow, he was like do you yeah. not think maybe we could have this conversation in the morning and I was like mm, no I need to get it off my chest and <laughs> no. talk to you about it now anyway by the time I'd woken up in the morning he'd done a spreadsheet he's a software engineer so he loves the spreadsheet and um mm-hmm. and I was like right okay he was like, yeah, I think we can do it. So anyway, so when I applied for Bake Off, I was a stay-at-home mum with Nora, which meant that um, in, in a lot of ways, I had more time than some other people to prepare and practice. So I've also yeah. got my mum, who is an absolute angel sent from heaven. Like if I need oh. anything, she will be there in a heartbeat. Um, you know, she's coming over this afternoon to sit with Nora for a few hours just so I can get out of the house and have a bit of a breather. Um, and so, you know, I'd come home from Bake Off on the Sunday, go over to my mum's on the Monday, hand her Nora and then pass out on her sofa for a few hours just to get some sleep yeah. and recoup and then be up and then I'd be practising again. So her, my my husband was an absolute ledge. Like he took a lot on board because I was away every weekend for 10 weeks. So, you know, it was quite it was quite um, a change for him as well, but like it. it what were you really saying to your friends? What were, were they think? That you, what were you saying to your mates? Like, where well, are you, Bryony? I'm moonlighting yeah. as an Elvis impersonator. Uh, don't ask. That's the thing. Like, so I obviously wasn't working, so I couldn't be like, oh, I'm off on a school thing. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I came up with lots of really random excuses, but Steve's family, my husband's family, genuinely thought we were having marital issues because I missed about three or four like family <laughs> events. <laughs> And Steve would be coming up with this stuff like, oh, yeah, she's in London. Like, <laughs> so when, it, when it all came out, they were like, oh, right, oh. okay, we get it. So, yeah, so love him. He had to lie, like, through his teeth just to, to get through it. But, like, my best friends knew because, you know, you can't, you know, I'm, they're like, you can't tell anyone apart from your immediate family. I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to tell my best friends because they're going to be like, where yeah. the hell are you? Imagine if you got kicked off in the first week and you've lost your family and your friends. It wouldn't yeah. really be worth it. It's not really worth it, is it? No. no, no. But it was so funny after, because obviously you have to keep it quiet for like six months. And my mum was bursting at the seams, lover. She's like so proud. And um, so the day it got announced, it was a Tuesday, she was going she was going through the Costa drive through on her own in the car. And she turned to the guy who was serving her and she was like, do you watch Bake Off? <laughs> He's like, mm, no. She went, my daughter's on it this year. He was like, cool. Great. Like, here's your latte. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mum, you're absolute nutter. I'd love to hear about your relationship with your mum because I think we've touched on it actually just before the podcast. We t- mm. touched on about our relationships with our mums and how it's so rude when they make plans when we've yes. already got plans for them to look so after rude. our kids. Yeah. Um, how, how? What is your relationship like and how have you taken that into your own parenting style? Well, my mum, like I said, she's she's my angel. Um, we're so close. She's my best friend in the whole world and has been since I was, you know, 15 probably. Um, so my parents separated when I was eight. Um, mm-hmm. And after that, I just think, you know, because my brothers, I've got two brothers, one older, one younger. And sort of as they grew up, they they got very close. Um, you know, they've been each other's best men since they got married and stuff. You know, they're mm. really tight. And I think mum and I got really close as well. 
and she's just she's very open she's very non-judgmental you know she is kind she's such a kind person which she gets from her mum my nana who I was really close with as well um and, you know she's one of those people who just you know instantly becomes friends with someone you know whether it's like a waiter in a restaurant or you know the taxi driver whatever she's instantly like hi how are you what's going on Da-da-da-da. you know and I think um that kindness that she's always shown people I've definitely tried to take into my you know daily life and I now you know like to pass that on to Nora because it's for me that's just one of the most important things but I I can I rely on my mum very heavily for childcare, for emotional support yeah all things like that you know she's the first person I'll call whether I've got you know good or bad news um she's actually the first person I told that I lost my virginity when I was 17 <laughs> Whoa. Which some people wow. are a bit like, that's a bit weird. And I'm like, but for us, it kind of wasn't. Like, we've always been really close. Like, I didn't obviously didn't go into detail. Like, she didn't need to know that. But, like, she's the first person that I sort of told that it had happened. Do you know what, Bryony? I think my mum was as well, actually. Really? Like, I just went, whoa, thinking, whoa, did I? And then, yeah, I actually, that is 100%. I was six. Yeah, that's the first yeah. person I told. And I, it just felt really natural to tell her. Yeah. Um, And our, because our house growing up was always like the house where everyone was. So, like, all, like my some of my best friends had a key like I'd come home from school when Aww. I was like 16 17 and they'd be sat in the house and no one else would be there I was like what are you doing <laughs> why are you here <laughs> but like that's just how our house was it was very much an open house um you know and if people needed somewhere to stay they could always stay with us uh and I loved that and I really want that again from our our house I want anyone who needs you know yeah who wants to come over and have a good time or who needs help to be able to come over and Nora's an only child so and will remain an only child so you know, I very much want her to be able to be like after school, just say to a playmate, do you want to come over, have tea? Yeah. And that's always okay. Like, you know, I always want that to be kind of the policy around here. And yeah. and going back to the kindness thing, it's lovely because Nora, whenever we get um a report or a, a parents evening from school, one of the first things they say is she is the kindest little soul. Like she looks after people, she makes sure they're okay, you know, and I just think, oh, like mm. I must have done something right. <laughs> A hundred percent. It's an, uh, George so and I lovely. have this discussion a lot that kindness is the one thing, you know, yeah. along a whole host of other things that we'd love sure. to, to, to love, love a lot of other attributes. But yeah. the kindness thing, you know, when someone, when actually you see your child being kind to an, mm. another human, reaching out and that real caring bone yeah. in their body is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, um, it's lovely. T- talk to me about talk to me about the best friend label that you have with your mum because this is another subject and topic that comes up a lot that yeah. both George and I battle with in terms of do we want to be their best friends? Can we be their best friend but also set the boundaries? so that they know mm. from right from wrong and 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 what's best to do I mean how do you feel about that best friend yeah, tag because I because I like my mum my you know like I said from sort of being a teenager I always considered her you know one of my best friends but she like she also scared the shit out of me if I needed to be scared the shit out of do you know what I mean so like mm. I remember when I was like 13 she caught me smoking and she went she didn't talk to me for two days and oh my it was god that's horrible yeah. My mum was like that. It was horrible. Yeah. And I was literally, I, you know, I was absolutely, and I didn't smoke again then until, you know, she started smoking when I was 16. I was like, well, if you're doing it, I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another reason why people used to like coming to our house is that you could smoke in my you house. Could smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? 
just about to ask you, right, we need to get your mum on to find out how you become the mum that everyone wants to go to. And then I was thinking about the mums that we used to go to when we were younger. And it was always the mums that let you smoke in the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, in it the house. It literally was. It in literally the was. The mums where they'd have an ashtray on the kitchen yeah. table and everyone would sit around. But we don't really have that now, do no, we? No, we don't. No. And I mean, and I find God. that. Yeah. <laughs> I find that, like, I don't know if I'd be the one who's like, you know, yeah, sure, Nora, sit there with all your mates smoking 20 marble lights of an evening. Like, <laughs> But yeah, I, don't, I honestly, I don't, I think it was just, she had a really good balance of, you know, yeah. being a friend, but also very much being the matriarch and being in charge. And, you know, if you, if you messed around and you, you pushed the boundaries too much, you'd know about it. So, um, and I think I don't, yeah, which I, I, I really love that mix of, you know, of parenting, but it's such a hard line to tread, you know, like, it's just like, ooh, like, you know, so easily tip too far into one or the other. And and, and is that the sort of relationship that you have with Nora? I mean, what, what's your what's your relationship like, the two of you? Yeah, we're really close. Like, I love her to bits and I love, you know, I really like her as a person. I like hanging around her. Like, she's funny and weird and silly. Um, and, and I love that. But, you know, I am her mum and I will be the person who has to say no. You know, she keeps saying to me, I want a phone. I'm like, you're seven. Who are you going to call? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, what? I know. Oh, my God. You know, like, and I'm just like, no, you're too young. Um, yeah. And she's like, but when can I? I said, well, when we decide you can. It's not, yeah. you know, it's our decision. And, you know, I think we do often speak to her like, as more of an adult I think again sort of that only child kind of I was just gonna say yeah is that is that do you think it's because she's an only child because yeah. I'm an only child and I definitely had that sort of relationship with my parents yeah. like yeah I don't I don't even remember going to like theme parks particularly or any really like loads of kids we used to go to restaurants do you know what yeah. I mean like I just sort of went with them like that's yeah. why you're but- such a bougie bitch we come back to this opening statement she'll be taking her laundry to get done we'll be right back after to this short break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Please, obviously, if you don't want to answer this, then please don't. But you mentioned that um, she will definitely be an only child. Is that like a conscious decision that you made? Yeah, so we um, we weren't going to have children. We weren't going to get married either. Um, but I changed my mind on both counts. So um, the marriage thing, you know, it's just a bit of paper at the end of the day. But the kids thing was obviously quite a big deal because, yeah. you know, you shouldn't bring a child into this world for any other reason than you want that child. So, you know, basically it was really weird. My 
my clock started ticking out of nowhere when I hit sort of 29. I was like, oh my gosh, I really want a baby. Not just a baby, I wanted Steve's baby. You know, I didn't want to yes. just have a kid. I wanted his kid. And I don't think I'd ever met a man before. I thought I'd love to, you know, have a child with you. Um, so yeah, it was a long six months of, of you know, very emotional talks because he really didn't want a kid. It, you know, his it wasn't that he didn't want to be a father. He, he just had sort of quite a lot of sort of things like, you know, environmentally, you know, the world's overpopulated and all this kind right, of stuff. Okay, and he didn't really want his life to change. And, you know, and I, but anyway, six months of conversations later and he was like, okay, let's do it. You know, and I said to him, you know, I'm not going anywhere. If, if you, if you decide that you still don't want a child, that's how we came into this relationship. So I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna walk away. Um, so yeah. And then, um, we, he was like, one of the stipulations was, you know, we'll go traveling before we had Nora. So we went to South America for five weeks, um, you know, went around Spain as well. So did sort of those bits and then um, then had Nora. And yeah, it basically kind of the part of the agreement, as it were, was that we'd only have one. Um, yeah. Because I think he was just like, look, I'd like to have a child with you, but I think having any more might be a bit much. Yeah. And it's, it, you know what? It's worked out brilliantly. Like I got a little bit broody when Nora was two, but then since then I'm kind of like actually loving the fact that we've only got one. And a lot of people yeah. say, oh, but shouldn't you give her a sibling? I'm like, well, I'm not going to have, you know, a baby for her. Did you receive a lot of comments around um, only having one child? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> lots of judgmental, like, but you can't only have one. And I'm like, says who? <laughs> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. she's got she's got two cousins very close to her age and another little baby cousin who all live within five minutes of, of us. They see each other, you know, three, four times a week. Um, you know, it, she's very happy. She's not lonely. We've got the dog. Um, and she's like... Uh, my my main worry that it was that she was going to feel you know act like a spoilt brat and she you know couldn't be further from that so I'm just a bit like well if we only want to have one child then why can't we have one kid yeah um and it's so funny because all my friends who have now got two are like never have another one <laughs> I, oh, I literally always say to people like sensible people have one child like they are sensible like <laughs> I, I've, I've obviously spoken about this loads on the podcast. I was more than happy to have one child. It didn't mm. scare me. I'm an only child. I knew it would be fine. My husband's one of four, so was like desperate ah, okay. to have more kids. And it was not for the, you know, when I was pregnant with Gigi, I, 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 you know, I felt quite a lot of resentment at first. And it was all, you know, she anyway, really it's did. worked out. I really did. I was really unsure about it. Yeah. Um, we, we found but, out that know, Georgia was pregnant out. in the lose of um, Byron Burger. And um, she did the pregnant oh, pregnancy test sort of wrong and like had it tucked up her sleeve with urine on it. And then it was like, oh. I was like, what does it say? And she was like, I don't know. I've pissed on it for too long and I've held it up the wrong way. And I was like, well, it's definitely saying you're pregnant and you definitely look pregnant. So, and then from that anticlimax onwards, there was a long time that you were getting your head around the fact that you were going to be a mother mm. again and you were going to be a mother of two. Like it, it did take you a while. Yeah, it definitely did. And I think... There is so much like, it's a weird thing, isn't it? That people feel like you have to have siblings. Mm. Yeah. And I get it. I get I get the whole loneliness thing, but the world isn't like it used to be. You know, like the kids are doing a million clubs and they have friends yeah. and they have all sorts of stuff going on. Um, FaceTime, yeah. like she can talk to her cousins anytime she wants. Like, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, also the decision has kind of been made for me now anyway, because I'm going through the early menopause. So 
I mean, are you? Yeah. Let's talk about that. I am too. So let's have a, let's have a chat about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High I started five. going through it about four years ago. Talk, talk, talk to us about um, your symptoms when they started and how you're feeling. So yeah, they started ooh, about six months ago. Like my boobs were really hurting. And I was thinking, oh my God, am I pregnant? But, but I wasn't. Um, and I was forgetting a lot of stuff. I had real brain fog. I was getting like, you know, the hot sweats. I basically, I did like an online survey, like quiz thing. And I had like 28 out of the 30 symptoms, but I was like, I'm only 38, surely not. Um, And then I went to the doctor and I spoke to my sisters and my mum and they all went through it. Oh, right. uh, Their late 30s, early 40s. So I was like, right, okay. Uh, Went to the doctor expecting her to be like, no, you're far too young. And she was like, well, you know, I was like, oh, God, it's it's that point in my life. (laughs) I'm not the young one anymore. Um, And she was like, yeah, just, you know, let's put you on HRT, see how you get on. Oh, and one of the main symptoms was that I had a rage in me like I've never known. Oh, my God. I know. Savage, isn't it? It was sad. I never, I'm not an angry person. That's just not who I am. But my God, I wanted to rip people's heads off. Like it was pretty, mm. pretty horrendous. Anyway, so she put me on HRT and within a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, that's better. <laughs> like it just oh, felt. that's so good that it, it worked out like that yeah, for you. It's amazing. Yeah. So the doctor was like, oh, well, you know, we can, um, we can leave you on it for now. And then they've referred me to like an early menopause clinic and things like that. But yeah, it's fine. I think, you know, if I was, if we'd been thinking about having another baby, I'd be a bit worried maybe but actually you know it's fine it's you know what did they put you on Bryony? i'm on estrogel because i've already got the marina coil so yes you know, like all we need to do is put you on estrogel so so yeah so you just rub it bad. you just put it rub put it, it in, somewhere yeah. what about yeah. you zoe what did they put you on so i went on to i started on femiston which was hell so that's two what weeks that? of estrogen and then two, so it's an oral hrt because i at that point hadn't had the coil fitted and then i took that for two years and felt like dog shit and was really progesterone sensitive and now i've got the myrena coil fitted and then i've got the patches which really work for me they're brilliant and i actually don't have any symptoms anymore apart from like a bit of a, a bit of oh god the brain fog depression rage um night sweats it was all very really pleasant fun, for isn't a while it? <laughs> yeah no libido <laughs> that was a great one my husband was like are we ever going to have sex again and i was like no no go away <laughs> no. <laughs> so so do you think that um you are in a good place with your early menopause and tell us if you experienced any kind of mental lows with it as well oh such bad yeah I was really I was really worried for a while it was a good solid sort of month two months where I couldn't I couldn't connect with anyone like my husband my mum my daughter I felt like really numb it was a really horrible because I've suffered with depression since I was in my late teens um you know I've been on antidepressants you know most of my life so I'm quite used to that kind of low feeling um but this was different in that I I was low but I couldn't emotionally connect with anyone and I find that very hard because you know my friendships my relationships are such an important part of my life um and I was just I was yeah that 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 I find that really difficult um Mm. yeah it was really it was really weird it was a really weird sensation and I was like and then in my head I was thinking god do I uh, you know have I stopped loving people like how do I yeah what's going on and then um, when I realized it was the menopause, I was like, oh, and I was, do you know what? TikTok, lifesaver. I watched so many videos of people with similar symptoms on TikTok and I was like, oh, thank God I'm not going mad. It's not that I don't love my family anymore. It's that, you know, it's it's this blinking menopause. I've never heard anyone describe it like that. 
That's mm. really interesting. Yeah, yeah I've it, never heard anyone say that. So yeah, so that I find that really difficult. Um, but that seems to have, you know, the HRT seems to be helping with that as well, which is great. What about your relationship with your husband? How how understanding has he been? <laughs> very love him because oh, he's like very chilled in lots of ways. Um, he's you know he's just kind of like he's he. I told him about my depression like the first week or two we were together because I wanted him to be aware of it. Um, and he's always been brilliant at kind of handling it because it's it's hard living with someone who's got, you know, mental health issues, um, not just on the person who has them, but the person they, you know, the people they live with. So, you know, some days, you know, if I'm feeling low, I'm just like, please don't like, don't touch me. Don't, you know, just leave me be. Uh, so he'll kind of look at me and be like, do, do you want a cuddle? And I'm like, Mm-mm. and he's like, OK, cool. And then like 10 minutes later, I'll be like, can I have that cuddle now? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, he's always been really good at kind of, I don't want to use the term but kind of managing me which is kind of what it's like um so yeah with the menopause it just seems to be like he's he's doing the exact same and he was it's so sweet he was talking to one of his colleagues about it at work uh, a lady in her 50s and she was like so refreshing to hear a husband talk about his wife's menopause so openly like you know and he's he's yeah so he's been an absolute gem so I can't can't fault him he's been amazing that's incredible that is incredible wow gosh that actually yeah you don't really hear men talk about menopause do you how like do you think Doz talks about it though yeah Yeah. 100% yeah and it it wasn't something that came naturally to him and I think he was very frightened actually at the beginning seeing Mm. me go through it because I also Mm. wasn't somebody that suffered from depression in the past but I had it badly I mean I call them the weighted lows where I just felt like I was being dragged down I couldn't Mm. there was no joy there was day to day it was just heaviness to get out of bed and heaviness to try to go to work it was just yeah it was a horrible horrible period but I don't know I think we've both been educated during this period you know I didn't have very much awareness around it either because I just thought it was something that 55 year old women wearing (laughs) like wearing sort of floral blouses went through you know like oh sitting in the corner um anyone listening don't buy a floral blouse (laughs) 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 but one of my favorite conversations I had was with my mum who I was like mum when did you go through the menopause she was like oh I think it was early 40s and we, we did this sort of worked out the date yeah and she was like but I don't really remember it I'm like really what because <laughs> we do like you were an absolute psycho bitch from hell and she was like what and I was like yeah you were horrid like I remember like right. my mum I've said nicest person in the world she was evil and and she and she literally can't remember it I was like oh is it a bit like childbirth where you kind of forget yeah. <laughs> like like your your body makes you forget <laughs> so that it's not too traumatic for like yeah future. and that's why you do it again yeah that's exactly. why, that's why you exactly. do it again you're like oh yeah no it was fine the first time yeah. three days later yeah. yeah so I'm hoping you know I'm, I just won't remember the menopause is according to my yeah. mum she can't remember a thing it's really amazing that you're talking about it like I feel I feel feel pretty proud of us the fact that we're sort of trying to beat that drum and have those conversations I mean you even go back to you know 10-15 years ago people weren't having these chats Mm. around it so I think it's brilliant and actually raising awareness because someone said to me my friend said to me the other day like I think I'm having menopausal symptoms and she described them I said you are like you are you need to go to your doctor and she was like oh I was like yeah but you're 42 like this is the time that it's happening in certain people yeah 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 I went on a hen do at the weekend and all my friends I told them and they were like oh and a few of them were like oh shit I think I'm getting like some of those symptoms as well I'm like yeah yeah you are yeah and yeah. also no I was just gonna say I think the the really good thing about it is that people know about the symptoms so then they act on it quicker so then mm. you know like if you are feeling you know depressed or you're feeling a certain way you don't leave it for ages you go mm. and actually talk to someone about it because I think you know it's 
some of the symptoms on their own can feel like depression or they could feel like, you know, something else. Mm. But at least now we sort of talk about it. We know the signs to look out for and people will just go and do something about it, hopefully. Mm. I hope so. Um, and I think, like yeah. you say, the more people who talk about it and the more sort of, you know, younger people who talk about it. You know, I wasn't expecting to go through the menopause at the, the ripe old age of 38, but here we are. So, yeah. You know, and I'm always happy to talk about stuff like that. Like I've always been really open about my depression and, and things like that, because I really do feel like the more people who are open and honest about it, you know, who are in the in the public eye, people shouldn't feel like they have to talk about it. But if they can and they're willing to, then I think it's a great thing because people are like, oh, OK, you know, I'm do you talk do you talk to Nora about it? Yeah, we do. Actually, we well, we talk to her because she's going through a bit of a hormone surge at the minute um and like she her body's changing a little bit and like she's young but she's very like physically mature for a seven-year-old she looks more like a nine-year-old ten-year-old um so yeah there's like there's some phase between the age of six and nine where they get a surge of hormones i think it's called adrenal adrenal anyway i looked it up is that girls like, and boys or just girls, girls? and boys yeah and it, it's basically like pre-puberty so they go through it for a mm. few years then there's a little gap and then there's puberty um because she was very emotional and very sad all the time and I was like what is going on like why are you so emotional um and yeah and and so we talked to her about what hormones were and how it can make you feel sad for no reason yeah so she she now knows that if she's feeling sad that it's probably to do with that um but she calls them hormones so she for some reason she can't say hormones so she sounds like she's some irish kid like hi hormones am i gonna do that i'm gonna i'm gonna use that now it's my hormones it's my hormones but now so she understands now when i say to her oh mummy's you know feeling a bit you know a bit off or a bit you know a bit low it's it's mummy's hormones and she's like oh okay yeah i understand because it's kind of she can relate to it now which is quite nice um so yeah, it was quite beautiful that you have those chats with her. Like it's amazing. Yeah. So good. It's brilliant. Um God, I feel like we've covered so much in that chat. I know, exactly. Do you know what we would love to ask? And we yeah. ask all of our guests, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given or the piece of advice that you would give to another parent? Yeah, do you know what? I can't even remember who said this to me, but it changed my whole view on things when Nora was a baby. I think it was at a point when she was maybe three or four months old. She wasn't sleeping. Like Steve was up half the night trying to get her to go to sleep. It was an absolute nightmare. And he was like, had her in a sling, walking her up and down the stairs was the only way she'd sleep. And someone said to me, if it's not a problem for you, then it's not a problem. And I was like, huh? Cause I was like, but she's not, she's not in her cot. She's not sleeping in a cot. She's not. And they were like, but oh. is it a problem for you? I was like, well, no, not really. Cause we just want her to sleep. And then they were like, well, it's not a problem then. And like, it's like when I desperately wanted to breastfeed her, but I couldn't for, you know, multiple reasons. Like she had um, a tongue tie and then she had an ulcer and it was loads. Of, and I was really distressed about not being yeah. able to, to breastfeed her. And they were like, but think about it. Is this a problem for you? And I was like, well, no, she can have formula. And they're like, well, then it's not a problem. Like, don't feel judged by yeah. other people. Yeah. You know, that Steve's walking up and down the stairs half the night to get her to sleep. Don't feel judged that, you know, you're not breastfeeding because it's not a problem for you. So it's not yeah. a problem. So I think that for me was a real, it was a really nice kind of way of sort of taking away the outside pressures of what you should be feeling. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, it, it, you can apply it to anything like, you know, 
you've only, you're only got one child is that a problem for you nope then it's not a problem yeah <laughs> you know? that's so true actually yeah it is I sometimes think that with my drinking rosé like on a Wednesday and I'm like <laughs> if it's not a problem for me it's not a problem I mean we can use this in all forms of life we can I mean I'm gonna do it all the time now yeah <laughs> it's brilliant uh, now Bryony also we would love to hear your favorite products and I think because oh, yes. you are yes master baker is that right? But baking expert, but chef, um, could you just tell us like those absolutely key um, products that we would need, equipment that we might need in our kitchen, for example? More for me, I, would I want say these ones. If it, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. I would say if you're baking, and this applies to definitely like um, cooking or baking with kids, get yourself a decent stand mixer. Like, I mean, I love my KitchenAid, but I appreciate that they are very expensive. You know, you can get cheaper versions on Amazon or in Lakeland or something like that. Um, but it completely changed the game for me. Uh, what does that like, do? It's like a, a bowl with a mixing kind of thing on it. So it just means that you can do that can do stuff whilst you're doing other stuff. So like right. if I'm making a cake whilst it's creaming the butter and the sugar together, I'm doing something else. You know, once if I'm making bread, you know, it's kneading the dough for 10 minutes while I'm doing something else. So, you know, it just for me, it cuts down a lot of the time that you actually spend physically doing stuff. Do you know what? I can say how useful that is. When we lived in Cheltenham, I didn't have any of my like kitchen stuff with me because we were just renting there for a year. And I tried to make my mum a lemon meringue pie because it was her birthday. And I was so hot that James came home and I was completely stark naked in the kitchen (laughs) because I had been whisking for so long. Yes. So I completely appreciate that is an absolute necessity. Naked chef. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's it's a game changer. So I would say that for me is like top tip if you want to, you know, help and, you know, expand your... uh, your kitchen because it does so much like a KitchenAid has so many attachments you can make pasta you can knead bread you can literally you can make ice cream it's just got so much on it but um I don't work for KitchenAid by the way this is a plug for them <laughs> it's just I really love them but yeah I, and for me as well because with my hand I sometimes find certain things like I don't find it difficult but it's just a little bit trickier so for me with my with my what I call my little hand um uh, for those who don't know, I've got no fingers on my left hand. So, um, yeah, so I, um, it's just so much easier for me to kind of chuck it all in a bowl and do it through that. So right. um, it kind of works on many levels. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, Brilliant. love that. And you, what, you don't need anything else once you've got a KitchenAid. Honestly, it will change your life. I swear That's down. That's it. It will change your life. Um, but, yeah, in terms of parenting things, one thing that I always, always thought was something that I couldn't have lived without is, like, a, a, a fabric sling. Yes, you know, the yes. Ones that, that you do feel a bit like a magician when you're trying to put it on because there's so much cloth just everywhere. But for me, I couldn't have lived without that for the first sort of four or five months of Nora's life um, in terms of actually being able to get anything done. Um, that for I love me that. Was, was a game changer. That's great. Lovely. Bryony, what you. an amazing conversation. Oh, Thank you so oh, much for coming really on. I, really, I think really you are such him. a fantastic, fantastic person who seems like oh. very real, very honest and very fucking funny as well, and which kind. we always appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And kind. Really, and kind. Thanks, guys. Oh, what really a treat. Enjoyed it. So Thank fun. you so much. It's my pleasure. Love her. 
Oh, I really hope helper. you guys enjoyed that as much as we did because we <laughs> really, really enjoyed that chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a brilliant guest. I loved asking her at the beginning, going like, "Well, come on, tell us about Paul." Like, you know, obviously in the tent, he's got a bit of a, a bit of a presence, a massive presence. And then there was me thinking in my mind that afterwards he'd be cracking knock knock jokes, and in reality. Still a stern. He's definitely not cracking. He's not, is it? No. So you know, it's not an illusion. He is exactly how he is on the TV, which I love. I reckon he'd be wild on a night out, though. <laughs> he prob- do you know what? He probably is with other people, just not, not with the contestants. He's like a headmaster. He can't crack, it is. can he? He's got to keep it, keep it going. <laughs> Massive thank you to Bryony. Um, and I really, really hope that you took some interesting points from there, especially around, you know, having, um, having one child and being absolutely okay with that decision and not being kind of pressurised or forced into having any more because I'm sure a lot of people go through that as well. I thought she was really honest, really open. So, yeah, massive thank you to Bryony. As always, we'd love you to rate, review, subscribe and please give the podcast a little follow. Yeah, and keep those reviews and follows going because the bigger the podcast gets, the better the guests we get on. So that benefits all of us. Um, And if you have got any suggestions for guests, then please do drop us a DM on Instagram. We're on at Made by Mummers and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.